Headache soothing Pepto-Bismol and feel good again. Yes, that familiar theme music warns you that it's time once again for the Spud Goodman Radio Show. 60 minutes of audio on the internet. So now, without further ado, here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, Accordion Joe. Because to you who, the social outcast, yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here he is, the head cheese meister of the world. Why? Web. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud, Spud Goodman. Welcome to this small little radio show that some consider a medium or even a large. Though as we know, size is way overrated, and at least that's my take and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) Now that professionally delivered laugh was uh, from our designated laugher, Gina. Great laugh. How you doing? I'm doing well, Spud. Uh, that's what you want me to say, right? He, he um, made it clear. Good call, yo. Yeah, no one wants to hear about my day-to-day struggles. It's it's okay. I mean, I'm a, I'm a professional, so I'm ready when you yeah, are. Yeah, that was good to know. I, I guess I'm supposed to now introduce our temporary permanent co-host, uh, Gerald Holcomb. This is when you acknowledge uh, my acknowledgement of you. A simple, you know, present will suffice. <laughs> Gerald Holcomb, present and ready for duty. Hey, you know, Spud, over our recent break, I had a week or so to immerse myself in all of the respect responsibilities and job demands of co-host. I, I got to tell you, I feel much more prepared and ready to take on this position. Now. Well, you know, you have had a lot of spare time lately. Yeah. Not, any, <laughs> not any more honey-do lists, huh? I mean, I know you asked me to keep this confidential, yeah. but if you'd ever listened to this show prior to taking this temporary gig, you'd know that everything in our personal lives are fair game. That's you stupid, just the way ignorant, it is. son of a bitch, dumb bastard! This is a talk show, and we have to have something to talk about. Well, I want to clarify one thing you said. My position is temporary, permanent co-host, just to make that clear. Uh, And now on the need to share our personal lives on the air, I feel I've been pretty forthcoming to this point. I'm pretty sure our listeners would agree with that. Well, Well, maybe, but this week has been somewhat eventful in your life, and I thought it might help other guys who've been kicked out by their wives, you know, to how to deal with these kind of situations more effectively. Oh, Spud, you said you would not go there. You promised me the other night. If if I'd known that, I would have never asked to stay at your place until I can get this thing straightened out. What? Uh, I don't feel comfortable discussing this at all. Oh, really? Uh, I might add on that uh, live on the air is not the most prudent manner to communicate, communicate with my lovely wife, Rachel. Well, all you do is whine all night long about how lonely you are and how yeah. much you miss your wife. And I have to listen to that crap. When I said you could stay with me for a few days, I thought you knew that I had an unwritten agreement. Yeah, I and mean, it's just, it's everybody knows this. My listeners know that I share everything and... Everything that's going on with me, and now you're crashing on my couch, so that's a change in my lifestyle, right? They need to be brought up to speed about stuff like that. I only have one bathroom, and it has caused a great deal of havoc in my life. (laughs) Being kicked out by your wife is not much fun. 
as usually the divorce proceedings have already begun. And, it, and even if she isn't, say, Olivia Munn, you will still miss her until your life is done. Oh, that's nice. But, but listen, there's a good chance my wife is listening right now. I'd prefer to keep our marital issues private. <gasps> Yeah, we, we have another session with her therapist tomorrow, 10 a.m. Her, her therapist? Oh, bad call. You should have insisted on like an impartial arbiter on neutral playing field. I definitely, you need a neutral playing field. Oh, you think? Uh, the wife feels this therapist gets her, you know, so I couldn't really say too okay, much. Okay, fine. Well, just remember what I pointed out when you're driving home with her. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be way too late then, but you can text mm. me and let me know I was right. Uh, Spud, you might want to rethink your advice on this. Hopefully. I just am hoping it's productive and a growth-inducing experience for both of us. um, And for the record, regardless of how it goes in therapy, I'm pretty sure you're going to be crashing on my couch for a while. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and... The sex life, if it was as bad or is as bad as you said, uh, well, that's going to take a hell of a long time before that picks up because these things take time. Uh. All right. Well, right now I got to get to some music. Um, this song is by Travis Shred and the Good Old Boys, um, Homeboys, excuse me, and they perform perform this on KTZZ, the station in KTZ uh, in Seattle, Washington, KTZZ in the middle '90s, I believe. I pulled this thing out of our mini storage unit, and here's their song. So what? To me, 
Hey, Travis Red, you know you sing real pretty in country harmony. If you can only see your market potential, you could be the next Billy Ray Cyrus. Just listen to us and do as we say. Get rid of that band, especially the drummer. Don't play that rap. It ain't real music. That acid rock. Goodman Radio Show. Hi, this is Emo Phillips, and you're listening to Spud Goodman, so don't touch that dial, because it reminds me of my grandmother's left nipple. Hey, uh, so Spud, your first guest, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, is on the line now. Well, good, right on time. You know, I saw the original Kings of Comedy on HBO a few years back. My wife and I, we really hey, like. Hey, can it. you can you hold your review until the show's over? All right, please. <laughs> I have a job to do here. Let's put it put it through, please. Okay. Please welcome to the show comedian, actor, producer, and yes, director Cedric the Entertainer. Welcome to the Spud Goodman Show. Spud, man, what's up? Well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Let me just throw this out. You're also in the midst of the Black and Brown Comedy Get Down Tour, and and that's with George Lopez, but it's so cool because you're trying to raise funds, you know, for the late, great Richard Pryor to build a statue in Peoria, Illinois. Is, is that correct? Yeah, you know, we, we did that tour, and we actually, uh, we in October, um, we, we actually did the Black Brown Get Down the first night, and we're successful. We made enough money to complete the statue for Richard Pryor, uh, one of the, you know, the king of comedy, everybody knows. Yep. And so and uh, so we were able to do that, and it was such a successful night uh, that we all agreed to get, try to give it a shot to go out on tour. So we're going to do a, a few dates, uh, you know, starting on the East Coast, test them out and see if it can run as a big national tour. And so we're really, uh, we're all proud to do it, and we're excited about doing it. Super. We had we had George on the show. He's a great guy. I, I, I'd be a blast to do that tour. Um, okay, well, let me ask you this. You were in both of the Barbershop movies, of course, uh, so not only have you gone to them over the years, you've also played a, a barber, Eddie, on the silver screen. You also have a new show coming out in April on the CW called Cedric's Barber Battle, so you know, you, know the, you know the trade really well. So here's my question. Do you feel, as I do, that the most effective therapy and advice is delivered at the barbershop rather than on some couch and is way cheaper? Oh, definitely. I was saying that the other day, man. I mean, especially for, you know, especially for guys. I mean, it's the opportunity to go in there and even though you may see the same people every week, you get to talk it out. You get to say what it is that you want to say. You can argue with someone. It's full therapy. You can debate any issue that you have and then literally just walk out like, okay, that was done, you know. Clap the hands, dust the hands off. That's over. I'm going to move on to with my day with a really nice looking haircut. Absolutely. It's so, like 10% the cost of a therapy session. 
Yeah, it's like twenty twenty five dollars tops yeah, now, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's no creepy couch. You know, I mean, you know, the barber chair can be a little crazy because some of those barbers like to really stand really close to you sometimes. So you know, you have to kind of you have to take it every now and then. But that's a good point. I never thought of that. All right, that's a little <laughs> bit of the downside. But um, so hey, I got to ask you. You start in Spike Lee's film, The Original Kings of Comedy. Did it get a little competitive ever with D.L. Uli, Steve Harvey, and the late great Bernie Mac, like trying to top each other with jokes? Always. I mean, that's the thing about comedy. I mean, it's it's fun, sporty, you know, sporty competition, though. You know, it's but you know, comedians they want to they want to top the room. They want to know that I wrecked the stage, that I blew it up, and so that was you know that was a thing about really going out with guys of that caliber is that you know you had to bring your A game every night, and that's how this you know teeing up this black and brown thing is. Mm-hmm. It makes it makes you have to really step your game up because you respect all the other comedians and you know they're going to come to tear it down man right right um well on another topic you uh did a david mamet play on broadway american buffalo is there more profanity in a mamet play or that roll call song by lil john and ice cube which still holds the world's a guinness world record uh for most swear words in the song i bet it could be a tie it would be pretty close. I mean, one with you know, that's the thing about it. Mammoth is considered this literary piece of art, and Lil John, well, it's Lil John. Yeah. You know, so, so you put and you put Ice Cube on top of it. It's just good quality curse words, and I mean, that you just can't compete with. Just a good quality official cursing out. I like. It. I would imagine Cat Williams should have them all beat by now somewhere. That's true. It takes a lot of creativity to when you when you're going to that length of, of swear words. You have to really work hard, you know, to make it work. So anyway, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I got I got never got a chance to see this myself, but did you actually wrestle Chavo Guerrero on WWE in 2009? Is that true? And would do it again. Chavo did not want it. I'll call him out, and he doesn't want this. I'm telling him right now on your station. If Chavo calls me out, he, he I'll, I'll take him down. Wow! All right, I that's did, a scoop. It was fun. It was fun to go on there, but, you know, I I had to put on the tights, and, uh, you know, it took took some hood points from me, but, you know, I had to fight my way back in the hood with the, because I had on the wrestling tights, but I, but I did it with a cape, and then everybody was like, ah, okay, that's cool, you got the cape, and that gave me my points back. So, off the record, do wrestlers wear jock straps with cups, or do they just go without protection? Most of them have the they they have the little drops, but they don't really do the cup part. So they you know they have it to keep it all gathered up, you know, but yeah. not necessarily the the hard plastic cup. That's they got to move too much for that. So you just try to keep it, you know, keep your stuff all protected and gathered in you know an area where it's just not loosely doing the doing the dang, the Django dance, you know. All right, well we got that inside information on that. I was always wondering that. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so I also have to ask you about your your show on TV Land, Soul Man, which is set to come back for season four. Now, you co-star with one of my favorite actresses, Niecy Nash. Besides being hot and funny as hell, she also might be on more TV shows than any other human on Earth right now. Does she drink like a bunch of five-hour energy drinks on the set? I know she is all over the place, and she's a—I mean, she's a dynamic energy. We were just laughing the other day. I was talking to her. I was like, you know, I know I'm all over the place, but goodness, Nisa, you're like on 39 TV shows right now. So, um, 
and but she is she is full of energy, full of love. So she shows up and, and ready to play ball every day, and uh, just brings that that great smile and that attitude to work. And so you know, I'm really really blessed and happy to have her on the show, man. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I bet. Um, yeah, buddy. Say, so, would you mind if I just this once jumped in and asked a question? I know the rules, but I have something to say that might add to the conversation. Look, if I make an exception now, then down the road you're going to be bugging me to jump in again during another celebrity interview. It's the domino theory, and that's how communism spreads. That's a bit extreme. I, I just thought maybe I could... What, what, what? Turn this interview into an Entertainment Tonight segment? That cannot happen on my watch. Too many talk show hosts before me have tried in vain to prevent this, and I will resist until they pry my cold, dead hands off this microphone. Now I need to ask the next question, so just zip it, please. Sure, I understand. No, no problem. Um, hey, you know, we're a long ways away from L.A. out here in the Northwest, but I kind of hear this faint buzz uh, from your uh, appearance or your work in uh, Chris Rock's uh, film Top 5. Uh, are you pretty pleased with how that thing turned out? Yeah, you know, I was really I was really pleased with the buzz that I got in the movie. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I thought it was Chris's best work, um, yeah. you know, as a both as a writer and an actor and a director. I thought all all these uh, spaces he really stood up, uh, put together a really fun cast. So it was fun to go to work every day. And as a stand up, the character that he wanted me to play was somebody that you know I've crossed paths with throughout my career at some time or uh, or another, and so many other comics. So what you know. What I was able to do was kind of make a, a funny version of an authentic character, and people just took that and, and just was like, "That's so funny!" Because I kind of know who this guy is, like, and that's what I think really resonated, and made me pop off on the screen in the movie. Yeah, I think it worked quite well. It's a great movie. Um, all right, well, I'll tell you what. Last question, Cedric. Uh, what's been your most memorable moment uh, in comedy to this point? Man, you know, probably for me is uh, is the kings of comedy. Um, you know, just just you know the intros. Like each night, I, I can remember like in New York City. Uh, you know, I would like I would save my my intros and I would change it according to whatever the music was. And and I remember just coming out on stage to a, a, a Puff Daddy song, and I'm trying to remember exactly what it was like. Uh, it was Puff Daddy with Biggie, and it was just like this big energy in New York and, it, and the timing was perfect mm -hmm. and uh, I just remember the moment I walked on the stage I had the audience like it was you mean because everything that I kind of put together worked for the moment and you know it's those kind of things where you go that's just amazing to have that energy come flying back at you like soon as they say your name it was crazy yeah, well, that movie will hold up for a long, long time. So, uh, yeah. Um, all righty, we'll tell you what. Once again, I want to thank you very much for coming on our show. Spud, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Cedric, the entertainer. That's why I was, why I wasn't mad when Ebonics was out. People was trying to be mad about Ebonics. Talking about we don't need our own language. Hey, hey, come on now. Hey, let Ebonics be a language. Then we can start whooping their ass at Scrabble. I mean, come on, we got words they can't pronounce, let alone spell. Libeler. I'm liable to bust your head if you don't get my damn points. If Ebonics is a language, then libeler is a word. Come on now. My baby daddy, that's one damn word. That's one damn word. Come on now. Give my points, player. Give them here. Put me on Wheel of Fortune now. Put me on Wheel of Fortune now. 
We'll be on Wheel of Fortune asking for weird letter combinations. Let me get a L-E. The phrase is Lemme. Lemme $20 to the mall. I got you, Pat. I'm gonna give your little money back, Pat. It ain't like you ain't got it. For a genuine musical treat, tune in to the, the Spy Goodman Show. Show. Radio's famous program that takes you on a magic carpet of melody to a world of beauty. All right, it's musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest, Wheelies. Gentlemen, please publicly expose your identity. And before you do, please realize once you do, there's no turning back. You will be public personalities and will have to deal with the fame and all the demands that come with it. Um, my name is Patrick Doherty. I'm sorry, I missed that. What's the name again? My name is Patrick Doherty. There you go. R- I'm Joseph Johan. Uh, Tom Crow. I'm Rusty Tresky. All right, super. So which one of you guys is a recent father? Uh, which one? Oh, that's me. All right, so I got to ask you, um, be honest here. Are you a full-service uh, caregiver, or do you only specialize in one or two duties like burping and maybe buying diapers at the store? <laughs> you know, I try to limit it to two or three, but I end up doing it doing it all. You're a full-service full dad? Full-service dad. That's pretty, that's that's for the record. All right, super. Even breastfeeding? Um, yeah, I pretend. Well, give me the family tree of the band. When was it born, and are there little side musical projects for a few of you, or is it all in with just wheelies? We started around... Uh, uh, 2007, I think. Okay. Uh, it's kind of born out of a project that Joe and I were both in, and we just started making little demos in mm-hmm. uh, my parents' shed, and well, it worked know. out. Yeah. Because I really like your sound, so I don't know how you guys did it and came up with it, but it's working. So. Yeah. So uh, here's a safety question: Any of you uh, plug up before a show? As as one who spent uh, more than a more than a few hours at shows myself over the years, and I am I'm I'm an old man compared to you guys. But this is just my take. There are benefits to losing some hearing, as most stuff being said by humans is overrated. Seriously, the important stuff people are going to repeat. So just, <laughs> don't even worry about it. That's what's my take. All right. All right. Anyway, any comment on that? None of us. None of us can hear it all. So. All right. So, well, you're in good stuff. All right. Yeah. Super. So what's the name of the first song? Uh, Northern Shapes. All right. Well, let's do this. When you're riding 
those northern shades It's where your heart is gone You told me all of your mistakes Like where you've been Oh well in what you've done Oh well you smile and say That you're just like everyone Oh, but you, you kept your head in the storm clouds Oh, I, I kept my eyes on the road Because it comes on strong And leaves you feeling wrong So you never tell a soul return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. When I came back from the hospital, the first thing I did was go look at my vag in the mirror. It looks better looking than before. Uh, hey, Spud, Amber's on the line. And I don't quite know how to put this. She's your stalker, well, right? Well, I thought she was out of town this month. You know, she. Uh, you might as well put her on. Is she's gonna figure some way to jam up our phone lines if we don't? <laughs> Let me tell you, she is way more intense than my mom. If you can Good believe. Good call, it. yo. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, Alex, uh, go ahead and put the call through. Am I on the air? I've been on hold here for a long oh, okay. time. A- Hello, yeah. a- a- Amber. I thought you were visiting your sister in Colorado. How long have you been back? Uh, that was two months ago, Spud. I've been trying to get hold of you since I got back. You do know I've knocked on your apartment door for the last 11 days in a row. No one answers. Well, your, yeah. Your but car, well, your car is out front. I'm pretty yeah. sure you're home. I do know you're a little hard of hearing, so yeah. maybe that's the reason you don't come to the door? Well, good point on the hard of hearing issue. It's, it's a fact. Everybody that knows me is aware of that. You and, can't it's, and it's been getting worse. Everything. I, I had no idea you were at my door 11 days in a row. But now that you did, you know, you're mentioning this. I, I thought I might have seen your car out in front of my building a few nights, you know, recently. <laughs> I spent three nights in my car last week waiting to see you, Spud. And let me tell you, 
It's cold and it's damp out there this time of year. Well, yeah, only a crazy person, you know, you know, well, maybe next time you might want to call and see if I'm home before you head over. (laughs) That's what color ID is for. I'm just saying. Now, who is that chick in your studio again? Have I met her? No, her name is Gina, and no, you haven't met her. She is an innocent civilian, so please do not start stalking her, okay? (laughs) I am pregnant. Say, uh, Spud, do you need some backup here? I've had some experience with this sort of deal. Uh, Oh, and who's that douchebag again? The last time I called, he really got on my nerves. Well, Is he really even necessary to your show? He sounds like dead weight to me. Well, that's flat out mean. I want to remain respectful here, but... Spud, Spud, can you silence this guy? He's more annoying than fingernails on a chalkboard. So, I'm going to ask you this one more time. Can we get together and discuss us? Like, tomorrow? How about the Starbucks on Proctor Street? Well, you know, I do prefer a well-lit public establishment. Okay, tell you what, I will meet you for a few minutes, but I got a lot going on tomorrow, so I can't stay very long. Oh, this won't take too long. You know, in life, it just comes down to priorities, making the tough choices on what's really important. Well, you know... I think I've already made those choices, but if you insist, I'll go over, you know, go over them again with you. Bud, I just hope you realize what you have here. I'm the total yeah, package. Right. Um, so you might want to think about this carefully. I'm not going to wait for you forever. <laughs> and I can't promise that when you finally do decide to commit, that I'm going to be here for you. Well, I, I guess, I, you know, that's just a risk I'm going to have to take. I, I, I got to go right now, though. I'll see you tomorrow, and please, make note of this. Leave your handgun and all sharp objects at home, please. <laughs> that, that sounds like a wise request right there. Okay, fine. See you then. I love you. Yeah, um, I love... Yeah, bye. Okay, hey. Yeah, thanks. Um, dude, I thought you were have my back i get it it's every man for himself around here fine all right oh. i get it let's move on we gotta you get going here all right complete. yeah yeah uh listen i maybe i was distracted because uh my wife just texted me and said she does not appreciate you butting into our marital affairs <laughs> i totally see her point if anyone cares about my opinion i i thought you said the only woman you've ever slept with is her you didn't Don't. mention having an affair Affair? I did not. You, you said this was like an incompati- incompatibility deal? You know, like you prefer, you know, Cherry Garcia and she wants Chunky Monkey. You dig pepperoni with double cheese and she wants artichokes with that <laughs> really crappy white sauce on the pizza. Now that stuff will bust up any marriage. No, that's not it. But uh, Spud, our sex life should be off limits. I never thought you would share that with anyone. You promised my wife. She's not a prude. She just prefers, like I do, that we keep our romantic life well, private and not yeah. share it with the world on that the the web thing here yeah although i did read uh, that listener stats printout from last month that says most of your audience resides in non-english speaking countries which i that's good for me because most of what's been said tonight i guess is still pretty much on the down low <laughs> well it's not a good idea to share stuff about your sex life the radio you porn or red tube they're not the place to showcase your wife Compared to the pros, you yourself will surely end up looking like Barney Fife. <laughs> but Gerald here doesn't even look anything like Barney Fife. Thank you. I, I, he was the next door neighbor on Seinfeld, right? Uh, no. Will you shut the f- yeah, wrong show. Hey, Gerald, you're, you're spazzing out here for no good reason. I said nothing on the air 
about you dressing up, you know, like the, a Confederate soldier in the bedroom, oh. right? And, and really, who cares if you do that? Who, I, I think your wife needs to loosen up. War reenactments are really popular. It's just your time and place that's a little different. But hey, whatever. Different strokes, you know? I've shared every part of my life with listeners, too, and I like to think I've changed lives as a result of that. <laughs> well, what is the question? I hear you, but I asked specifically if you would keep that one area just between you and me. Well, I was going to. Well, I don't think Rachel's going to appreciate that being shared. It's, well, it's a sensitive topic in our bedroom. Well, has she not read any of those How to Fix Your Marriage books? The first suggestion in most of them is for complete honesty. And that's what I'm striving for here. I want to save your marriage. I I appreciate that, Spud, but... I'm pretty close to being able to return home and sleep in my own bed. Not that I don't appreciate you letting me sleep on your couch. It's a nice well, couch. Yeah, but you're welcome. I, I got to tell you, I don't like to wake each uh, wake up each morning alone. I've got no one to spoon with, so that oh, there's a void in my life um, right now. No, that's gross, and I'm going to have to erase that from my mental hard drive right now. <laughs> that is just hell. No, you haven't. Uh, well, f- listen, physical touch of a loved one is a must for the survival of the human species, Spud. Where do you find a human's touch in our life now? I, I know you haven't dated in a while. Well, I, I'm not against a human touching me. Yeah. In fact, I'm I'm trying to make that happen this weekend, if you must know. Oh. Someone I just kind of met online at christianmingle.com. You know? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to side with your wife on this thing, though, really. Now I, I have a little bit of time to think about it. See? You know? Um... I'm sorry I mentioned anything about your Confederate uniform dress-up deal, okay? That probably should have stayed off limits. My bad, okay? My bad. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Hopefully, she was distracted with the kids when you shared that with the whole world. Yeah, well, all right. So why don't you, like, check out and see if our next guest is holding on the line? That is your role, you know? You have, like, only, what, two and a half things to do as a as a, as a co-host, for God's sakes? <laughs> oh, well, uh, actually, yeah, they're telling me. Uh, I think uh, Craig Gass is waiting on the lines, but he, he's sort of a friend of the show, right? Well, he's been on the show a few times before, and we, we all really like him. He mm-hmm. was in the studio the last time, actually. He was in the area. This time, since you were here, I just thought maybe it was best to have him do this one on the phone. Put mm-hmm. him on now, would you? Yeah. If Craig met me, he'd like me. All right, please welcome back to the show comedian Craig Gass. Thanks a lot for calling in tonight, man. Man, I am excited to be back. My uh, my gamble paid off, and it <laughs> just paid off. I, I would say it was a so. Big gamble. Okay, you have two shows: the first at seven, and the second at nine thirty p.m. at the Neptune Theater in Seattle this Saturday, the seventeenth. I want to get that out right away, but let's deal with that. Uh, so what's with the fortunes of the Seattle Seahawks and you? Because by now everyone knows you schedule your tour around their games. And how far advanced do you set these gigs up? As once again, they're in the NFC Championship game. That same thing has happened last year. Yeah, well, what happens is um, about 10 years ago when I realized I could do whatever I wanted to with my life and with my schedule, I looked at the Seahawks road schedule and I started scheduling uh, and the Mariners, by the way, to be fair. Uh-huh. Uh, Mariners uh, road schedule. That's how much of a super fan I've been. Um, and it's weird to see how many more fans there are because, I you know, I mean, they call the fans the 12th man now. And I've been a fan long enough that I, I literally, back in the kingdom, I literally was the 12th man in the stands. Like, I was, I was the 12th man. My friend Jason was the 13th man. There weren't many people in the kingdom yeah. uh, for those games. So yeah. um, when I got to a point where I could do whatever I want in my schedule, I started booking around the Seahawks road schedule, and I got an offer to perform at the Neptune Theater. They called me last summer, and they said, we want to book you for two shows at the Neptune Theater in October. 
And I was excited at first, and then I had to Google the NFL uh, schedule, and uh-huh. I said, y- you know what? Um, I think the only date I'm available for Seattle is uh, Saturday, <laughs> January 17th. And I said, well, can you do April of 2015? And I said, you know what? I think that's the only date I'm going to be available for the entire year. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything else available. I, I have to be there on Saturday, January 17th. So they, they put me in for January 17th. And it was a gamble to just say, I think the Seahawks are going to be in the NFC Championship at home that weekend. And I want to book it so they can be there for the game. And for a few weeks at the beginning of the season, it was a little nerve-wracking, but that that bet just paid off last weekend. That was a big, big bet. Well, um, furthering your uh, fandom, let's 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 let me touch on this one. I heard that you and Mike McCready of Pearl Jam crawled out on top of the Space Needle re- Space Needle recently to raise the twelfth man flag. Is that correct? Yeah, that was just like a, I went just to watch. Uh, Mike has, has been a really big supporter of mine. His whole band, a lot of guys actually in the Seattle music scene have been big supporters of mine for a yes, long time. Yeah. And, and um, I heard that Mike was going to raise the 12th man flag on top of the Space Needle. So I reached out to him and said, is there any way to watch that? Is that okay? And he said, yeah, meet me at the Space Needle and we'll go up. And then when I got there, the people at the Space Needle asked me if I would like to be a part of the presentation. And then the Fox affiliate, KCPQ, asked me if I would do it as well. So it was, it was kind of a last-minute thing. They asked me to go on camera and introduce Mike. And so I introduced Mike and... and, and um, I have a fear of heights, which hit yeah. me when I got up there. And um, but yeah, we stood on top of the Space Needle, and Mike raised the twelfth man flag. It was epic. It was very epic and very masculine. Uh, I yeah. told him he should do something really rock, like lick the pole on top of the Space Needle or something, like like light it on fire and do like a Jimi Hendrix thing. But but it was still cool. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, can I ask if Mud Honey was still up there playing? Because it's been like I don't know six seven months since they did a concert on top of the needle, and I was wondering if they maybe were still playing, going for a world's record or something. Or they they weren't up there. <laughs> did Mud Honey actually play on yep, top? They did a they did a show that was broadcast. Yep. It was wow, pretty cool. That is ballsy, man. Because that that I'm getting nervous thinking about that. That that really scares me being up there, and the idea of having equipment up there. I would just I don't know. It just kind of freaks me out. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that one. Um, hey, well, let me ask you this. Last time you we spoke, um, you had worked the Kiss Cruise and dealt with Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, correct? Is that correct? Yes, and I had just gotten in trouble with their fans. Uh, well, okay. Well, I, I had to ask. I, I, I spaced on this the last time when you brought it up. Did Gene actually stay overnight on the cruise ship? Because I can't see him doing the midnight buffet and the whole deal. He, he didn't actually stay on it, did he? He did. He would wow. stay in a private... Um, I was in the same hallway as the band, and there was security on either end of our rooms. And all of Kiss stayed on the ship for four or five days. And in fact, there was a moment where Gene um, wanted to introduce me to some uh, some investors or something, and he said, um, "He said, come here. I want you to. These are my friends. I want you to entertain them. Go." And I was like, "Oh, all right. Hey, guys. Uh, my name's Craig. I'm a comedian." He said, "No, just." Get to your impressions. Come on, do it. Let's go. Let's go. Like, oh, all right. So I'm doing like Al Pacino impressions and Christopher Walken impressions for for his friends and and doing jokes. And then his friend said, "Hey, so um, how did you learn how to do that? That's that's really crazy that you can do impressions like that. How did you learn it?" And I said, "Well, it's a long story, um, but my whole family is deaf, and I learned how to talk by copying all the voices I heard on TV." And they said. 
is that true? And I said, yeah, it's true. And then Gene leaned in and said, it's true. His family's deaf and he's dumb. And I went, well, wow, that's really insensitive, but uh, quite funny. But uh, but yeah, that, that's the relationship I have with that guy. He just has me around, insults me, and then asks me to entertain his friends from. And he was on the ship. He hung out the whole time. He actually mingled like uh, with... with uh Everybody, huh? That that wow. Well, it was it was tough for them to mingle. It was really tough for them to mingle. They they wanted to mingle and they would do it very sparingly. But uh, he you know he did spend a lot of his time in the room as did the rest of the band. It's, right. it's hard for them because it's three thousand diehard Kiss fans on the cruise, so it's very tough for them. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it would be a little brutal. Um, Excuse hey, me. Uh, I'll keep my voice low here, but I was just wondering if you gave any thought to offering our listeners any incentives to tune in each week? Like, maybe you could offer to do a personal voicemail recording for some lucky person. No, I haven't given that any thought. Is that all you got? Or, or how about you escort some kid to their high school prom? It's done wonders for other stars. Great publicity. Look, I didn't go to my own high school prom. I can't dance. That's a terrible idea. Okay, got it. I'm just trying to help out here. Yeah, fine. Now, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah, okay, all right, fine. As a comedian, what is your take on when it's too soon to do jokes after bad stuff happens? Because I asked Gilbert Gottfried this, and he had an interesting view on it. Like, delaying a joke too many days or months is not showing proper respect to the individual individual or situation. Uh, what's, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, I, I grew up in a family that is deaf, and we always there was always the best jokes I ever heard about deaf people came from my own deaf family. So... Mm-hmm. My opinion is that um, that laughter is healing. It's all about what the joke is. Like, after Robin Williams passed away, uh, which killed me, I, I, um, as did everybody else, but I mean, it, it's, but I'm just trying to give a frame of reference that I was personally really hurt by his loss. Mm-hmm. I went to um, uh, his uh, memorial at the comedy store and laughed. Because people were, like, I remember seeing the night that the, that happened. He died on August 11th, that night. I was at a comedy club in New York, and uh, David Tell uh, was performing, and he invited Jeff Ross to come on stage with him. And he said, hey, Jeff, how you doing tonight? And Jeff said, I'm sad, man. I'm sad. And Dave said, oh, about Robin Williams. Yeah, man, that's tough. And Jeff said, I guess um, apparently... Robin Williams left a suicide note. And Dave said, he did? What did it say? And Jeff said, well, his assistant found him. So I'm assuming it said, clean this up. And I, everyone in the room laughed. It was, it was okay mm-hmm. to laugh. Right. The joke wasn't, the joke wasn't demeaning to Robin. It was a joke in the middle of the darkness. It was, it was a laugh. And, at his memorial, there were jokes that were... Bob Saget walked up on stage and said, um, I don't know how many of you know, but I've lost two sisters recently. Uh, I'm not trying to brag, but... And that got a laugh. And right. it's, it's, it's okay. I think it's okay in the middle of darkness. It's, it's all about what the context of the joke is. And if it's not insulting the person who's been hurt, I think it's okay to laugh. Right. Well, you do impressions, and I was just wondering. I think, like, still doing them after they're gone, I feel honors their memory. And I, I you know, I don't know if you have to, if you've had to cross that bridge with with voices that you do, or. 
in that context? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just because I love somebody, and I just I, that person had an impact on me. I do their voice because I really love them. Right. And I just think they were funny, you know. And um, uh, but <laughs> most people I do impressions of are alive, but I always love buried impression of someone, you know. Like I do an impression of of Sam Kennison that. You know, he hasn't been around in 20 years, but but if I do it at the comedy store in L.A., people go, wow, you know, that voice, that's the voice you go, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second, that voice gives me chills, oh, oh, <laughs> you know. The absolute so, best Kennison by uh, ever, uh, yes, the best. Well, people at the comedy store will just, in a lot of clubs, people are too young to remember who he was, but at the comedy store, people go, Jesus, like I, I do, an, I do a show every Tuesday night uh, with Jeff Ross uh, at a thing called the Roast Battle, and I will chime in uh, on a judge microphone for the Roast Battle and chime in as different celebrities. And Jeff's favorite one for me to do is he always wants me to do Kinnison. So, you know, which you know, it's, it, it works in that room. Absolutely. You know, I I I'd hit up uh, Jeff. We had him on a couple times, and I hit him up with this concept of. You know, doing roasts at like funerals, because um, that's what I want at my funeral. I, I want the best. I'm going to save up some money to set aside to bring in the top, you know, somebody who can deliver some decent shots at me and, uh, you know, leave the people with a smile as they leave the place. And he, he was kind of, he thought he's at least mulling it over. I mean, what better place to roast somebody than at, at a funeral? What do you think? You know what? That's actually a great idea. As you're saying that, I'm thinking, wow, that would actually be a really cool thing. The only thing that sucks is, the person who dies, who who approves it, doesn't get to enjoy it. That's true. Know? That's a good point. That's, that's the only thing that sucks about it is that you're gonna, you know, you know that when you die, there's going to be this amazing thing that's going to happen, but you're not going to be around to be able to appreciate it. I know. I'm going to be pissed because I'm going to put up a lot of money to do this thing. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 definitely going to be pissed for eternity, probably with as a result of that. But well, if if you could be one or the other for a year, would it be a member of the active roster, the Seattle Seahawks, or the lead singer in a stadium touring rock band? That that's what I wanted to know. Ooh, wow. You know what? I would go with the uh, touring rock band because, um, sadly, uh, NFL players. Uh, I just heard this stat the other day. The average career of an NFL player, how long do you think it is? Average career. Three years, right? Yes, you nailed it. Man. Three years is Man. the average career of For an unbelievable. NFL player. Unbelievable. And uh, a stadium a stadium touring rock band implies that if things go horribly, horribly bad, you still get an arena tour in a few years and then maybe a theater tour a few years after that. So I'm going to go with the band. Alright, All right, that's for the record. All right, I know you got to go, so let me say this once again. You'll be appearing at the Neptune Theater in Seattle this Saturday, the 17th, with two shows, the first at 7 and the second at 9.30 p.m. We love having you on the show, Craig, so maybe next time you can drop by the studio again as our staff are all huge fans. So thank you so much. I would love that. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys this Saturday. Thank you. All right, Mr. Craig Gass. The Spud Goodman Show. It has some merit. Once again, wheelies. On your lap, to please cut me some slack. 
Uh, Spud, your last guest, Lavelle Crawford, just called in. Should right. we put him on? Uh, well, better now than when the show's already over, don't oh. you think? Of course put him on now. Uh, you know, I used to really enjoy him on Breaking Bad. My wife wasn't a fan. She enjoys the Hallmark Channel mostly. But Lavelle, he didn't have many lines, and he was still memorable in the episodes he was in. Well, I agree. It was really good. Hopefully someone will give him his own show soon. Yeah. So can I talk to him now? Put him on. Okay. Please welcome actor, comedian Lavelle Crawford to our show. Thanks for calling in tonight, man. Hey, no problem, man. Good to do it. Good to do it. All right, super. Late show. Super. Um, 
Now, just about everyone on the planet knows you from your character, Yul Babino on Breaking Bad. All right. And last we saw you, though, you know, on the show, you were chilling in the safe house. You did make it out okay, right? Because a lot of people are worried about you. Yeah, I'm on my way to Seattle now. Okay, cool. You did make it out. That's confirmed then. All right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I guess I made it out. You know, they had they had me up, up up there stuck in the safe house, but you know, I didn't stay around too long. I had to get the hell out of there. All right, so you're no longer working for Saul Goodman on the Just uh, Call Saul program. I thought he didn't treat you very well as a boss anyway. Very demanding for what your character probably earned, right? Yeah, it was, you know, I was a minimum wage security guard, but he had me doing espionage and all kind of pickpocketing and setting up people. And I know that wasn't in the job requirement. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, super. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, you also appeared on a show, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Do you, I got to ask you this, do you do any TV shows that are not massive hits? Uh, I, I try not to. I, I focus on nothing but his. <laughs> yeah, well, you got you got you made some pretty good decisions. Uh, well, you're also doing more films, though, right? Um, you, you got like a couple coming out this year: Meet the Blacks and American Ultra. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And I just uh, finished a contract deal with uh, Adam Sandler to do a movie called The Ridiculous Six. Uh, it's a, a, a western, absolutely a western, and I'm one of the main characters in it, so it's going to be pretty exciting. All right, super. So, uh, Is there something bothering you? I, I'm a little concerned here. Why would you be concerned? Well, you don't seem to be yourself tonight. You seem to have a little something weighing on you. W would you want to talk about it after the show? What? I feel just fine. You know, I've had a little trouble with an inflamed prostate, but... Hey, I can handle it. I'm tough. Okay, okay. If you say everything is fine, then I'll back off. Just remember, if any time things get too heavy, I'm there for you. Look, I pay someone when I feel the need to unload my problems, okay? Oh, you have a therapist? Of course, but I prefer to deal mostly with my mechanic. He's cheaper, and he really seems to get me. Now, can I get back to the interview? Jeez. Um, hey, Lavelle, have you ever had to deal with a friend, or, or in my case right now, uh, on my show, a co-worker, my co-host, having to crash at your place after his wife kicked him out? Because after a day or so, it really gets old. How do you let him know it's time to go or go home or to a Motel 6 or something? You ever had to have anybody come over like and crash with you? Yeah, well, I mean, every once in a while, man, but you, you know, you... You know, you give them, you give them an ultimatum. You give them one or two days. But now that I'm married, I don't let no guys stay with me. I don't want you near my wife. You might run a curse on me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you in my house. But if you stay too long, I start putting your suitcases out. I might have to change the locks. Maybe change, change, change my phone number and everything. You know, I don't know. I can't let nobody crash me too long, especially no guy. Cause you know, guys, we nasty, man. You know, leaving underwear, walk around. And yeah. Tidy whities that ain't, ain't that ain't good for nobody. Absolutely, I'm taking notes here. All right, super. Hey, what does Lavelle Crawford do to relax? Do you do you like have a metal detector? Or are you into spelunking? I think that's like crawling around in caves. I guess that's what I, I heard. <laughs> no, brothers don't do caves. Okay, we all don't, right. <laughs> we don't we don't mess around caves. We don't mess around nowhere without no lights on, and somewhere where werewolf or bear or anything would be up in there. But I, I do fish though. You fish, all I right? I do fish. Yeah, I do a lot of, you know, I go out and find lakes that people don't think. I like bass fishing. I love bass fishing. That's you pretty know, competitive. That's really... Guys are, like, really into that. I mean, it's hardcore competitive sometimes, isn't it? I mean, do you take your bass fishing seriously? Oh, uh, I do. I do. I, I I like to find places where people don't think it's fish at. You know what I'm saying? They think that, you know, 
uh, you know, like sometimes you go to industrial parks, they have small lakes in there. And believe it or not, they, a lot of times they have, they be full of bass, you know. But I, you know, I sneak in there and sometimes they have no fishing signs, you know. <laughs> and I like to, I like them no trespassing lakes because they're the best lakes. Uh, you fish on the dangerous side, on the wild side. That's not how I like that. All right, super. Um, so, Lavelle, i got to ask you my last question. It's uh, I'm contractually obligated to, to, to broach this with my guests. What has been your most memorable moment in show business to this point? Well, my most memorable moment, I guess, uh, hell, you know, being on a show like Breaking Bad, I ain't going to lie, winning the SAG Award. I mean, and I'm walking up there, and I get my award, and Oprah gets... She gets snubbed, you know, and I walk right past Oprah and I put my finger in her face like, yeah, Oprah, not this year. You know, that was, Damn. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> now that, that is, uh, yeah. that's memorable. They All right. <laughs> they, put, they put that on tape either. I, I want that. <laughs> she just smiled and she didn't know who they are. was. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I just want I just wanted to do that because he was sitting at a table across from me. It was just funny. Yeah, that would have been a memorable moment. All right, super. Well, I know you got to go. I know you only could check in for a sec. So, all right, Lavelle Crawford, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to check in with me, okay? Uh, no problems, but thank you. All right, Mr. Lavelle Crawford. God in the world. Telling jokes, man. I I used to have a lot of other jobs. I used to work in fast food. <laughs> I wasn't good at that job. I wasn't good at that job at all. I used to work at this place called Happy Burger. <laughs> I used to work cash register. People come up to my my cash register. I'm like, welcome to Happy Burger. May I help you? <laughs> yes. Can I get a double Happy Burger? You fresh out a double Happy Burger. <laughs> you didn't even look. I know we fresh out of double happy. <laughs> well, give me a big and happy burger. We fresh out of big and happy burger too. They're 12 behind you. They're mine. <laughs> they fired the hell out of me. Get out of here. Eating up all the inventory. Only reason we hired you because you can fit the happy soup. <laughs> Mine. How time flies. Hey, uh, Spud, I got really good news. I just what? got a text from my wife. She's letting me come home tonight. Well, that's great news because I was going to ask you to find someplace else to crash because I am going to be entertaining someone. Uh, oh. and, uh, you know, <laughs> the three of us on the couch, that's a bit much. It's a buzzkill, yeah. especially because your smelly feet. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. My, my feet my feet do smell. My dad had the same problem. Yes, a sure mood killer is smelly feet. Excessive nose hair is also no treat. But large open sores are tough to beat. If one wants to experience sure defeat. All right, well, um... It's good to know that you have that thing, Thank you know, you. wrapped up and yeah. everything. But I will say Thank this. You. It's probably going to happen again, well, and you're going to have to find another place to crash the next time it happens, all right? All right, we'll this is Spud it. Goodman. Be all you can be, and I mean that, all right? And seriously, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. God bless and ciao. 
You have been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, the Internet's last line of defense in the ongoing battle to rid the world of generic entertainment. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. Executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pikes. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Spud's Greek chorus is the folk singers in hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions, David Brenneman speaking. Northwest music. This is an hour of sterling conversation. This is an hour of analysis of the previous hour of the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Hello, hello everybody. I am Lawrence, your host for the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. It's going to be my pleasure to bring you the highs and lowlights of tonight's uh, Spud Goodman Show. Right right after having listened to it, there are sure a lot of both of those. So, you know, let's get going here. But uh, uh, first, before that, Please, we got to say hi to my co-host, Gina, here. Hello, everyone. My name is Gina, and I will be much more than just a designated laughter laugher that I am on Spud Show. Just you watch. Now, I know you will be, Gina. Hey, hey can I ask you uh, how, how your day went today? You know, because I, I know about that, uh, that you were stressing out about that. Uh, you went to court and all that. Fighting that speeding ticket. Oh, I won. It was the best day I've had in a long time. Super. Yeah. The cop said he had me on the radar gun at 37 and a 35, and I know I was going 33, 34 max. So it was it was a matter of principle for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that, that took some courage, Gina, I got to say, because you know, most of the folks, now they're taking the plea deal and not risk going to prison during any time. Uh, well, it, we weren't exactly talking about prison time for me. It, it was more like a fine for $125. I, but... I don't think I was going to punk out as I was innocent. Yeah, you tell it like it is, girl. Yeah, I had no idea you were so hard. Damn. I know for a fact that the cop who pulled me over had some quota to meet, as it was the end of the month. It was a small city police department. I know they have bills to pay, too, but I'm sorry. I will not. Be like some little bitch, right? Uh, They they don't know you. Uh, Uh, No, Lawrence, if you could not use the B word around me. Super. It it brings back bad memories. Memories from an old boyfriend. Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. You know, now, now you beat the ticket, right? Now, did you get an apology? Uh, not exactly. The judge pro tem, or at least I thought he was some kind of a judge. L- like I said, it's a small city. Anyway, he just told me to watch my speed when I was driving through town, and I just said to him, I'll be taking the long way around their jurisdiction from now on. Uh, good for you. Yeah. Super. Now, uh, you know, I-, I need to bring in our panel for tonight. Here we got. First up, we got Dave on the soundboard. Hello. 
Hey, Dave, hey, what's up there? How you doing there? And, and then we have Alex, our engineer for tonight. Hey, Alex, how's it, how's it going there? Yeah, now uh, we got to say hi to our two, two interns, of course. We got Trent and Anna from Pierce College. Hey, hey, hey there. Oh, oh uh, she's going to tell you. But now, now, you know, look, I hope you guys are not going to too many of those frat parties and all because I've seen some of those shows on cables about those gatherings, and, you know, they look kind of wild. So, you know, it's probably not the time to talk to you about safe sex and all, but, you know, it's an important discussion. So we we can talk later. All right, super. Off the air might be better, Lawrence. Uh, so, do you have some music for us to kick things off? Yeah, you bet I do. Now, we're going to start with the music portion of the show with a band from Austin, Texas. This is Amplified Heat and their song Lost. And then we have one of Spud's top eight all-time rock songs, Pizza Chicken Burger. And that's going to be performed by the now defunct Northwest band, Squirt. Enjoy.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. All right, all right. Now we got in the studio here today, the Jilly Rizzo. Yeah, welcome, you guys. Now, I gotta, I generally ask all the bands that come on the show here tonight, I ask the same question, but now you guys seem to be more in my space. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, now, how, a couple of you done any uh, prison time before? Like, you know, not, not a 15, 20-year stretch, but just maybe a couple of years even. Mara, you have. Well, I, I, I cooked. I cooked at the prison. Oh, right, you and did Purdy. cook? Uh-oh, Purdy prison cook. Yeah. All right, super. Well, yeah, props to you. Yeah, props to you. All right, it's some, yeah, you can get through some of that food there. Yeah. All right, now, now that name that you got, Jilly Rizzo. Now, now, let's talk about that. What does that mean? Is it like a secret code for like a club, or a fraternal organization? Well, if I don't like want to be too body, it's a, it's a move when you're in the sack. Oh, the Jilly Rizzo. Rizzo. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, what do you got this jilly. groove going? Good. Now, and, and now, 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 you know, bands, y'all like families and stuff like that. You ever get disagreements, you know, things get a little hairy, a little heated, and, and somebody's going to pull out a shank on you? Shank. <laughs> I get hot flashes occasionally, and these guys need to leave the room. Oh, but yeah, I'm scared I, of you, Dan. That's not super. Not oh. super. Yeah, well, no, no, you're going to play a song for us tonight. What's the name of the song you're going to well, do? Well, it's yeah. a song we played in the first hour when we drove all the way from Renton, so we'd like to um, actually do it yeah, before we got cut off. It was kind of rude, kind of foul, kind of coarse. Super. Yeah, we we just like to do what we came down here to do, if that's not if you don't take umbrage to that. I don't take any umbrage okay. to that. All right, let's hear right. the Jilly Rizzo. It's called Fatty Got Owned. Goodman post show report. 
All right, now now who we got uh, coming up tonight for uh, celebrity highlights? All right, it, uh, Spud was excited to speak with actress Fran Drescher, who, besides starring and producing the sitcom The Nanny, she co-starred in one of Spud's all-time favorite movies, Spinal Tap. Roll the clip. Uh, yeah, in fact, was. But let me let me move on to uh, the other film that has meant so much to so many, and specifically me. It's quite possibly the most important American movie ever made, Spinal Tap. Um, in your role as Bobby Fleckman, did you sense on that set that this film would ultimately re, you know, remain just as cool a century from now? Because it, it's going to be. With the writing and the performances, it should have swept the 1984 Academy Awards, and it was a travesty. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny because I just had dinner last night with Rob Reiner. Oh, and Super. we were uh, and we were having dinner also with Danny and Donna Aykroyd. So I was working on Dan Aykroyd's film where I met Danny and Donna. We all met at the same time on a film called Dr. Detroit. Right. I was working on that movie when my agent called and said that you should take a meeting with Rob Reiner, who's doing his directorial debut in a movie called Spinal Tap. There's no script, it's just an outline. The whole movie is improv, and they're getting very good comic actors to be a part of it. So I said, great, and I went in there and uh, met with Rob and talked about, you know, just life and the movie I was shooting with Danny, and he said, you know, you're doing some, you're very interesting to me, and it's not what I was picturing for the character, but I like it. And so that was the beginning, and it was low budget. You know, I supplied my own wardrobe. Wow. And, uh, and you kind of made things up following the outline of information that you had to get out in scene to scene. Mm -hmm. And so I can't say that when I was doing it, I knew that it was going to be as magical and well done as it came. And I must say, they had like over nine hours of footage, but Rob very artfully and craftfully edited it down to a 90-minute film that became a cult classic to this day. I am always stopped by major rock stars Heck yes. who say, we worship you, we watch that movie on the road, you're never going to see a music bus that doesn't have that DVD on the bus to watch, and it still holds up, and I feel, you know, really blessed to have been a part of it. Um, it's just an amazing kind of... Uh, bird's eye view of the industry done very tongue-in-cheek and actually started a whole genre of filmmaking yes it did called the mockumentary yes it did um i mean it will be just as vital centuries from now yeah that fan dresser she crazy right <laughs> but spinal tap i mean great movie i'm a big fan yeah, you know that's that uh, entirely enough we've d we're done wait, with spinal wait, tap wait, that was like wait. 30 years ago Cause you're good luck, I don't be nice to you Cause you're good luck, I 
yeah, that, that's rock and roll right there in the rock and roll lifestyle. Like, you gotta do your thing, Jilly, the Jilly Rizzo. Yeah, well, we're gonna keep the rock and roll going here. Now, we got, we next up, we got here a show favorite here. It's Trees and Timber with their song, Good is in the Graveyard. And then we have Kitten with Kill the Light. All right, let's go.
Stay tuned for more of the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Welcome back to the Spud Goodman Post-Show Report. All right, it's time for our second celebrity highlight of Spud's show. This time it was comedian and actor Paul Rodriguez. Uh, Spud, Spud had previously interviewed Paul 15 years ago on his cable TV show. He responded to Spud's question about his career choice to get into stand-up comedy over being an attorney. Let's check it out. I, uh, I continue to, to do what I enjoy. All right, super. Well, I'm going to do a little tiny bit of This Is Your Life, Paul Rodriguez, and take you back to the time you decided to become a comedian. Were you really seriously considering to become an attorney before you went into show business? Is that that a fact? Yeah, it is. You know, I was was, uh, thinking of doing that because uh, I had uh, interest in uh, politics at the time, you know. I I, I grew up with uh, Cesar Chavez. I knew him well since I was 12. And uh, I wanted to, you know, be uh, be his right-hand man and uh, try to fight for for civil rights and stuff, and then after a while, you uh, your your things change. You know your your views change, and and uh, you become uh, you become what you eventually are, which is someone that's concerned about the about things going better. You know, but uh, you know that that could drive you crazy. And and I figured out that you know most lawyers are are funny too, except you know they they're, they're uh, funny in a legislative way. So well, I just uh, my 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 taste changed, I guess. 
Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I, well, if he ever did handle a case, I'm sure no one in the jury would ever nod off. So, I mean, it might have not have been that bad of a career I was, choice. I was called to jury duty here in Los Angeles where I live, right? And I went out to, to jury duty and I went through a couple of processes. And then and then they, they, they X'd me out. They, they told me to go because, you know, you're, you're recognized. So apparently that's a... That's uh, distracting. So, but I've always wanted to do that. So, dang. Who knows? In one of these days, when when I'm uh, when I'm unknown, I'll be able to judge, sit there and judge over somebody's uh, life. It's a pretty serious thing. Wow. So uh, you got to get famous to get out of jury duty. I got to really work on this thing. All right. Super. Um. So, Paul, you're. You know, I tell you what. I wish that I had a funny attorney when I was uh, on trial for my. For, for the case that I had. Oh, yeah. That that, that yeah. Uh, attorney, he was real serious. He said, well, uh, you know, he didn't do it. Yeah. He just said he didn't do it. But if he said, come on, look at here, look at that yeah. face, and he made the jurors laugh, I could have walked. Absolutely. You make Super. people laugh, they always, you know, believe you. Yeah, I know. I believe anybody who's uh, who makes me laugh, you yeah. know. Serious people, I think they're lying. They're oh, too yeah. serious. They're too serious. Yeah, yeah you, you, you can't lie and joke at the same time. Throw a little charm or something yeah, in there. Have some yeah. charm. I think a comedian would be a great attorney. I, I would totally hire that attorney. Yeah, I would too. Oh. Yeah, somebody somebody needs to like make that a requirement. Yeah. Uh, to pass the bar, you got to tell a joke and you got to make me laugh and split my side. You got to put it saying. on your business card too. Comedian slash attorney. That's right. So they know. I'll make you laugh. I'll get you. I'll get you free. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, you know what? Let's, let's do some a little bit more music now here. Now, now uh, we got a band here. It's a Northwest band, Vanilla, with uh, Jay Jarman, Sean Gaffney, Carl Funk, Mara Funk, and Dana Sims. And this is their song they just released called High Karate Girl.
This is the Spud Goodman Post Show Report. Uh, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence, they're they're saying we have a call uh, holding. Uh, it, isn't it exciting when people call in to talk with us? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, now, now, who is it? Oh, I don't know. You need to take the call and ask them, I guess. All right. Hey, hey Caller, you're on the air now. Now, who are you? It's, uh, it's me again. Name's Hank. Called a couple months ago. Did a, did a recent stretch at Folsom and before that, a short stay at Chino. I wanted to All right, super. That weak-ass NBC, MSNBC lockup show. Have you been watching it recently? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been watching that. You know, I have that as one of my favorites on the DVR. I never miss it. Who is the star of that show? I've never seen it. Lawrence, last Friday night, did you see the show with the cafeteria scene? Did you believe how plush that place was? Look like a two-star hotel restaurant. Yeah, I saw that episode. Yeah, you know, I said out loud, what the hell is going on with prison life now? I mean, you know, back in the day, we had to make do with a dining hall that had benches instead of chairs. Super. You know, did I see folded linen napkins on the table at that prison? Sure did. And they had an ice cream bar, too, with a ton of different toppings. Those guys were whining on camera about their treatment. Maybe I'm too old school, but they would never survive where I've been. Uh. Was it really ice cream, or could it have been frozen yogurt? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was ice cream, Gina. You know, you know, Hank, that, that's true. You know, today's prisoners, they're as soft as Ryan Seacrest's butt cheeks. You know, I don't know where this ends. You know, what, what, you know the soon enough they're going to be complaining that uh, they can't go on work crew because of the job stress. Hey, man, I, I see that coming, coming too. It makes me embarrassed to say I did time, you know? Well, yeah, you know, I don't know if I go that far, but, but yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. You uh, you think someday prisons will be obsolete and they'll just send all prisoners to outer space somewhere? I mean, maybe they'll just dump everyone on some planet and make it like a reality show, like Survivor with a tinge of Mad Max walking with Thunderdome tossed in. Super. Why do so many people hate Mel Gibson these days? Because he's a dick, Gina. Hey, Hank, you know, I, I would watch that show for sure. It's good that you and I are done with our prison time. Your name is Hank, right? Yeah? Hank? Uh, no, no, look, Hank, I don't think that, that either of us fit inside the walls anymore, you know? Uh, no, sir. Couldn't stand more than a day or two with these little whiners. But that tier captain at most facilities days has to deal with uh, 100 prisoner complaints a month. You know, I blame the video games on people with playing these days. Turns into little babies instead of men. Yeah, that could Super. be. I tell you, you know, I, I have to think on that one a bit. I don't know. Hey, well, well, Hank, you know, I, I got to go now. Now, you can call us again, all right? Sure will. Uh, you been interested in getting coffee together this week? Uh, maybe Starbucks for coffee, my treat. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. much free all week Wait, too. Not, not, Gina, not, no offense and all, but this guy, this is a guy time Super. thing. You know. Hey, hey, Hank, why don't you leave your cell number with with one of our interns here, and I'll hit you back tomorrow. All right, uh, later, Super. man. Super. Yeah, later. All right, now we're gonna get back to some more music here. They're called Super. the Wannadies, and uh, they they released a song called Hit in '97, and then we have the group. A Nervelle Vogue and their cover of Love Will Keep Us Together.
days, no fun Tuesdays are waste Wednesdays, I go out, oh, nothing
All right, that song group, uh, that song there, Novel Vogue. Yeah, I kind of was a Captain Tania fan. I said love will keep us together. It's actually love will tear us apart. Because we're going to play some Sun Velvet Sidewalk in this song, Mousetrap. And here we go. Five minutes. All right. Now for our last celebrity segment, we have an excerpt from Spud's interview with comedian actor Tommy Davidson and his response to Spud's question about his days on the show in Living Color. All right. Let's begin. Let's let's start this thing with touching on your experience uh, performing on In Living Color. Was that one of the top all-time variety shows ever to air on broadcast television? I, for one, would vote yes. What say you? I, for two, would vote yes. All right. Now we or or we were tied with uh with the Saturday Night Live cast with Bellucci and Aykroyd and you know that crew. Not not the Charles Rocket crew. Nah, 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 not at all. All right, you know that. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, what? Tommy David, Tommy Davidson, boy. Yeah. I tell you, that's a blast from the past and living color. Yeah, I, you know what? He was kind of one of the less crazy ones on yeah. the show. I, yeah. I only really remember uh, Jim Carrey. I, I was pretty young Super? when that show was uh, was coming out. You so. can't forget Jim Carrey. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. Well, mostly because of what happened, you know, after the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I tell you why I like that show because the Living Color was inspired me to do my painting and my artwork. Because I just thought living color, and I would just knock out a Matisse or something like that. Oh, wow. oh yeah, it was so. Really, really you aren't like a charcoal guy. You're I was going. not a charcoal guy. Just bring me all the colors. Bring me the Monets. Bring me the vibrant. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and that's a, it. Inspired me for that. So I thank you, Tommy Davidson and Jim Carrey for. 
for getting me, I what, guess, in the joint. Wasn't J-Lo a, a dancer on that show, too? She was a dancer Gosh, on that a lot show. of people yeah. came out of that show. I yeah. should go back and watch it. I say watch it. It's good for yeah. a laugh. Maybe we can find an attorney to pull out of that show. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's I think, great idea. I think John Boehner like got his start on that show. John Boehner. Oh, yeah. That, that color, the orange color from yeah, the movie yeah, color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't just saying uh, <laughs> All right, now let's do some more music here. Now, now the first band that we've uh, got coming up here in this segment is uh, Blanco Bronco. They're a veteran of this show here, and their song, Masquerade. Then we have a band from Liverpool, England, The Stand, and their song from 94, Here She Comes Again. Say that you're the one to keep us satisfied. She just said. 
Right, you know, uh, we're getting kind of starting to wind down, and we're starting to get near the end of the show here. You know, it oh. don't don't you hate when Already? that happens? Yeah, oh, you know, it's before flies. you know you blink. You know, it's kind of like being a little kid. You know, true. but you know, it, it's when you know I was at the joint at Pelican Bay. You know, my day it'd be going great. I'd be having fun. I'd be out in the yard and I'd be playing Pachisi and uh, you play Pachisi. I play. We played Pachisi and Sorry for Money in the joint. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah my grandfather taught me how to play Pachisi. That that was oh. uh, that just brings back memories of my youth. Not in the joint, but you know. Right now, now did your grandfather take you for money? Uh no, no, no. Oh, see now, if you play Pachisi for, uh, for money. Then the stakes, stakes get high, the stakes yeah, get high. And then I can you, see that. It changes your game. You play a whole different style, I tell you. You know, well, we be doing that, and, you know, next thing you know, they're ringing the bell, they're hollering, they're blowing the horn, and we got to head back to our cells. Lights out. We mm. got to go to bed. It's kind of a buzz kill, you know. Yeah, it's been years since I was ever told I had to go to bed, Lawrence. I mean, that's That's got to be a strange feeling. Oh, yeah, it's really strange. You know, yeah. but yeah, I tell you what. You get used to it after a few months. And, you know, in the summertime, you know, when it's uh, the light's still out, that's when it gets tough. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It, you know, you get these long, long daylight hours. Now, now, we couldn't see outside, but we knew that somewhere near the prison that there were these little kids outside playing kickball and kick the can and all that stuff. And we had to go to bed before the kids. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I didn't like that. We, yeah, I, we wanted to be outside to play, too. You I know? Bet. In, a, in, a, in a just no. world, the kids would be in prison. Let the kids be in prison. <laughs> Let them do the time. Let the grown ups go outside and play kick the cat. I could play me some yeah. kick the cat, I tell go. you. Yeah. I, now, did you guys ever suffer from that, um, that thing, that seasonal defective depression in the winter? You know, when you don't get enough sunlight, you get really depressed? Yeah. You know, you, you don't get go outside very much. No. So, so you, you're depressed because you're in the joint and yeah. you're doing time. Super. And then you're depressed on depressed because you got that seasonal affective sads thing. You know, going. I would think that if they would give you guys more sunshine, then you'd be happier convicts. And a happier convict comes out a little bit more well-adjusted, don't you think? That's right. A happy convict is a well-adjusted convict. Yeah, right yeah. now, they're just trying to give us that... That um, lithium and Prozac and all that uh, other uh. stuff to adjust us. And I tell you what, a lot of us are allergic to it. Oh, did, yeah. did, did you ever make license plates? We did make license plates. And you know what? To kill the time, we put little joke joke names on the license yeah, plate. Yeah. You know, I think I've seen some of those. Oh, have you seen them? <laughs> you know, if you see one that has you in stitches, that was me. Uh. That's right. Yeah, because there's some like if you read them upside down. You know, like the three becomes an E and stuff, and you can spell all kinds of interesting. Oh, see, Dave, uh, yeah. you're real creative there. I like yeah. you. See, we could have used you in the joint thousand. <laughs> I kind of almost wish. I almost there. wish I was there. It sounds like fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun there. But you know, I tell you, it's hard to get get around that whole issue with the with the dark coming so late and stuff like yeah. that. You know, because you, you don't have any sunlight. It, well, they should put the those little sun lamps in your cells and then you 
you get that sunlight from the sun lamps. You know, some of the guys had those lamps. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. You know, most of the guys that had them, they were the neo-Nazis. They were the ones that had the the skinheads and stuff. Mm -hmm. I tell you, it was kind of crazy because all those swastika tattoos started fading out and they just looked like a crazy S sometimes because of all those heat lamps and uh, (laughs) the ultraviolet you know, tanning lamps they would use. You know, now, me, I didn't worry about that because being in the dark for long periods of time, I could read and read and read, you know, and mm-hmm. I could get my, my BA and my master's done when I was on the inside, there, you know. There's something strangely ironic about a white supremacist working on his tan. Yeah, I know. You know, I think it's kind of like, you know, the white guys driving the black cars and the black guys driving the white cars. It might yeah, have something yeah. to do with that. The grass is know? always greener on the other side. It might be. The, the grass uh, is always yeah. always browner. Yeah. White power through darkness, maybe. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. All right. Well, you know, uh, it, 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 I, it, I had to do the time, and, and I let them have their, their sunlamps well, if they need You got a, a good place to establish proper study habits. I mean, it sounds like you did pretty well. I did really well yeah. with that the, the study time I had in the joint to get my two degrees. Yeah. It worked out just fine. All right. Well, something good comes out of that. Yeah. You know what? Like, I, all right. Well, you know, I'm stalling right here. I just don't want to say goodbye, but I got to say goodbye, and I got to say thanks. To our panel here, we got uh, Dave on the soundboard. Always appreciate it. It's been a wonderful show. Oh, it's been a fun show. And Alex, thank you for all the work you do on the board there, engineering and whatnot. And of course, I got to mention Trent and Anna, our college interns, you know, doing such a great job. And you know what? You know, I'm going to tell you to carry production. It's always important for you college kids, you know, what goes on out there. You know, when the moment's right, you got to be prepared. Now we know better. And we are out of time. Uh All right. You know, our last song, we're going to have a, we're going to close this show with a tune from Jack Larson called Roaches. Now, I hope we meet up again next week. All right. Later. Yes, sir. We've got a really, really, really big shoe here for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Right here on our stage, we're going to have for you a whole colony of roaches doing a toe dance for you. I woke this morning, do you know what I found? Well, I found those cockroaches crawling all around. I found those roaches crawling around my bed. I found the roaches crawling around my head. Since my baby put me down, I'm the saddest man around. And I won't, won't stay here no more. No, no, no. Roaches on the ceiling, roaches on my clothes. Quick, somebody help me, I got something on my nose. Oh, those roaches. Crawling round my head, I found those roaches Crawling round my bed since my cupid doll put me down I'm the saddest man around and I won't, won't stay here no more No, no, no Spud Goodman Post Show Report is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, executive producer Lori Madsen, associate producer David Deer, live music production and broadcast engineering by On One at the facilities of NWCZ Radio, audio highlights Derek Schneider, our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell, theme music composed and performed by Brian J. Martin, copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.